Well, Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott, as we know, have got so much two-year-old firepower for the Golden Slipper on the 23rd of March. Storm Boy, is he just above everything else at this stage? Of course, his Magic Millions, when we know, was outstanding. And then a subsequent trial, he looked very good recently. James McDonald got a feel of him, given James is retained by Kilmore in this big, massive stud deal. $2.80 favourite. Gay's got Lady of Camelot, who looks a terrific chance of running well in the Diamond. Shangri-La Express was brave last week after leading behind Switzerland, rallied when headed. Espionage we see tomorrow. Now, it's a $13 chance in the slipper. Um, and then you go down even further, you know, Prost uh, is there in the market, fully lit in the market. Straight Charge, who runs tomorrow against Espionage. They dominate the market for uh, the silver slipper. And even a few others are down. But anyway, let's hear from Gay. Uh, recorded some comments, as I said, this morning. And we started talking about Lady of Camelot. And you look at her breeding. It's interestingly, by the way, the two phase for the, the Silver Slipper in Sydney, one of them cost a million espionage. He's by Zoo Star. He won the Breeders' Cup by a narrow margin over straight charge. He then went on to, to win subsequently. Espionage was put out and returns here. So he cost a million espionage, Zoo Star. And of course, straight charge written by Colt. He cost two seventy. Written by the Sire. Uh, this was his time in the Sun, if you remember. He won the Blue Diamond back in uh, two thousand eighteen for Graham Begg and Jordan Child. So the Sire of straight charge was successful on this day or tomorrow, uh, Silver Slipper Day, winning the Blue Diamond all those years ago. But with Lady of Camelot, she didn't go through a sale. By written tycoon from Miss Debutante, gay train mum. Uh, Miss Debutante, and of course, she's been good in the breeding barn. Uh, Platinum Jubilee ran was runner-up in the Silver Slipper last year. And of course, Queen of the Ball, a very talented mare that's won about four or five races uh, by I'm Invincible, Queen of the Ball. Her mother is Miss Debutante, the same dam as Lady of Camelot. But started talking to Gay about her and her chances for Adam Hieronymus drawn well in the Blue Diamond. Very good, Lady of Camelot. She's got great speed. Um... You know, she's a, she's a natural two-year-old. She's taken to Melbourne like a duck to water. Um, she's a very beautiful filly, as you said, Steve. She's it's a, it's a quality family. You know, it's a Group One family. Uh, you know, her relation, Patton Jubilee, won the Jim Crack. Then she came out. She ran the Silver Slipper. Uh, you know, so th this is a very very good filly. Any similarities? Do you remember Miss Debutante when you were training her? I certainly do. I've got that. Hold on. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was a bay as well, like Lady of Camelot. Yeah, very much so. So very, she's similar. She stamps her progeny very well, and a good brood there. Well, you can see the prices they're bringing. You know, they're worth the old saying: they're worth their weight in gold, aren't they? Because they throw that quality into their progeny, and the progeny go on and emulate them on the track. Gay, last start I thought in the wind even when she led there and what I noticed that when the whip was changed from the left hand or into the left hand she really did pick up over the closing stages there and found Lady of Camelot for Tim. Yes, well she does. It's quite interesting when the jockeys change whip hands often, often they're just um, often the horse is just starting to change the lead they can feel that they're just about to change leads namely one side of them is getting a little bit tired so they get onto their pressure side and that's what the jockey can feel. The good jockey's able to, you know, meter that, pick it up, use it, and it makes the horse move forward. It's so important. We often talk about it, how important with younger riders to try and do that, be able to change. 
well, you know, you've got to train them. You know, they don't all know. Uh, the, the boys and girls that ride for us at present, uh, they all ride on the speed. Now, that doesn't mean they have to lead, but I uh, like them, agents exactly the same, to be in the front part of the race. You get into less trouble. If you can fly the gates, I say to people, you can roll a cigarette, have a cup of tea, and, you know, it bobs your ankle. You're halfway there, aren't you, if you fly the gates? I've never rolled a cigarette. What's that? What? I've never rolled a cigarette, I'll be honest. Neither have I. Neither have I. Yeah. <laughs> saw my dad do it plenty of times. Did you? And there'd be plenty of people out west listening to the show <laughs> that'd be rolling them. There used to be drum and white ox, I remember. Oh, yeah, I've got a very good listen. It does bring back. <laughs> <laughs> Going back away. So that's Lady of Camelot. She looks a terrific chance. Now, tell me about these two as well, uh, Straight Charge and also uh, the other one here, Gay Espionage and the Silver Slipper. They're both very talented. Very interesting that they ran, I think it was a half head between them in the, in the breeder's plate. Espionage won and Straight Charge ran second. These are two absolutely outstanding colts, absolutely outstanding. And they're big, they're strong, totally different physically to look at, but they're both very athletic and they'll do exactly the same tomorrow, you, well, on Saturday. You, well, tomorrow, yes. <laughs> uh, you put your money on both or take the Quinella because I'm telling you that they'll be fighting it out. And likely to sit both handy. Espionage drawn well and straight. Charge has got great leg speed, but drawn a bit wide there. Well, he's got gate speed, which is worth its weight in gold, Steve. Yeah, and of course the breeder's plate form shaped up quite nicely, hasn't it? I'll tell you right now, as a trainer of seven golden slipper winners, I love that breeder's plate Jim Crack stakes. It's that the horse has time to go out for a spell, and then he can come back, and that. That's what makes these golden slipper horses, not the ones trying to do it in one preparation. It's too hard. <clears throat> I think Ha Ha was the only one of my seven golden slipper winners that did it in one preparation. But the rest have all had a little break and come back. And it you know, gives them time to mature physically as well as mentally. Of course, she rested espionage after the breeders, but straight charge was very good subsequent run leading all the way. Absolutely, that's what I said about his speed. And then, he, if you remember, he got a temperature and couldn't go to Magic Million, so he had another little break. And he won a trial recently, of course, at Warwick Farm. Which is quite a pretty eye-catching. Yeah, he was a $270,000 buy, and I see espionage, of course, a million-dollar buy. Yes, well, they can't read the... Like, two things they can't do. They can't read the bookie board, and they cannot read their pedigree page. But believe me, the good horses stack up with their pedigree page. Gay, the best $460,000 I think you may have ever spent, Storm Boy. I mean, he just looks something a bit special. Tell, tell me about him, Storm Boy. Well, he's, a, he's, he's got an engine, and he's got a very big engine, and probably bigger than the rest of them. And we've got a pretty creamy group of two-year-olds around us. This is, I think, a vintage year for two-year-olds. You only have to look at the horses that are running second and third to our horses. You know, they're damn good horses. And look at the horses that stack up in, that go in favourite and second favourite into the Blue Diamond. You know, they're very, very good horses. This is a very good year. But he just seems to be somehow bigger and stronger. And when he, they push the button, as McDonald said the other day, he said, wow. He said, I have no idea how strong he was. He said, he, he's an animal. <laughs> I wouldn't have described him like that. <laughs> But that's the way it looked to us when he won that trial the other day by six. But even the Magic Minions, he worked so hard and he was entitled to get tired, but he was strong on the line. His time was quicker than King of Sparta, for example. Well, exactly. And it's interesting, Steve. Uh, Adam Hieronymus 
who has ridden this horse, and I think two of his three starts, or maybe three out of four, I can't remember now, Adam rode him the other morning uh, and said to me in track, like he said, oh, gosh, Dave's gone ahead since, you know, the Magic Millions. It's really amazing. He just keeps improving. And that's what you're looking for, Steve. And you're following it basically a, a similar, an identical path to the horse you won the millions with Dance Hero many years ago. You went Skyline and then won the Triple Crown. You're doing the same. So Stormboy lobs in the uh, the Skyline stakes. Very nice race from you know. And this is not uh, his, his, none of these horses. They're all wanting to win Todman style Skylines, Pago Pagos. Why wouldn't they? They're, they're stallion making races. But the, the, the finale is golden for the day. And that you never never leaves my mind. That's that's uh, you know that's the day that Cassius Clay takes on Jake Fraser. But this is every owner's dream, isn't it? We spoke to Mr. Cunningham recently, Mitchell. You know that the deal that's been done, the massive deal with Coolmore as well. I was only up at uh, Ridgemont, which is their farm in, in Scone, and uh, Mitch, uh, 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 Gary, and Lorelai's uh, son, who's, who's running the farm. Uh, said this has been life changing. He said because it's, it's people recognise us now. They might have had that farm for, for ten years uh, uh, and uh, people wouldn't know them straight away. They know who they are. They want to do business with them. It's so important. I, I won a, a had a very good horse for a lady called uh, Yvonne Smith, and she had a horse called Assertive Lad. And she said to me, you know, Gay, it's the most amazing thing racing. Said I have been so successful in my business. She said, I can walk down the road and no one would know me. She said, I walked down the road and said, oh, sort of flat, isn't he going terrific? Cha-cha-cha, oh, bomb, well done, good luck. <laughs> and that's what makes him so marvellous. It makes, gives you that sort of, I don't know, feeling of, of people wanting to know you and wanting to talk to you, and, and for the right reasons. We remember those colours, Yvonne. I think she had the Lone Star Tavern on the Gold Coast for a period of time. She did, I think she did too. Many years ago. Yeah. Baby. So is Stormboy just that bit above everything else, do you think? Yes, yes he is. Yeah, how ex I mean, even the distance, he looks like he'll lead up 1,600 even, or 1,400 at this stage. He certainly would. Look, Golden Sipper still quite a few weeks away. And I'll never forget, Steve, I had five in the Golden Sipper, and Royal Courtship was the favourite. He was owned by Mr. Coenco. I also had another horse called Ha Ha, and she was a big, fat like a big tank, big whale of a, a mare. And uh, Jimmy Cassidy came up to me before it and he said, oh, he said, boss, have you got a, got a ride for me? And I said, hmm, I haven't Jimmy at present, but I said, hang around and you just might find one. Well, of course, he ended up on ha-ha. And as the weeks progressed, especially the last 10 days, she just kept coming out and punching, uh, like I couldn't describe to you. I thought, oh, this mare, this filly's good. But he coat started to change and just very subtly he got little changes i can't bring up mr Quinko and say look i think your horse is just starting to it's only my opinion steve but i knew from what i could see well he ran a fabulous fifth uh, and, and she won the slipper it's amazing how some horses can just keep going forward uh, and and others can all of a sudden just hit a little what i call a, a glass ceiling or a plateau doesn't mean they're not well, doesn't mean they're not training well, but they're just not progressing at that amazing speed.
So, Guy, if you were to say to someone that, you know, someone quickly said, I've got, you know, a minute to tell, you've got to tell me why you've had so much success in two-year-old races in particular and why you get them so foolproof, jump, run, strong. How do you do that? Well, two things. As David Chester from Magic Millions said, you put the time in going around all the studs. So by going around all the studs, as I've just done in Scone and that, you're seeing the horses at a very early stage. Like from, I'm seeing them in October, November, before the Magic Millions and or the, you know, the Classic or whatever the the, the race. Uh, and I'm seeing Premier down in Melbourne before an Easter yearlings, you know, uh, all the time seeing them before. So when I see them again, I can see the horse that's made the quantum leap. But the other thing is that you you know you've got to think about two-year-olds are like they're babies. That's all they are. And so you can't overcook them. They're like cooking an egg, I say to people. A little bit too long on the, on the, the stove and you've made it very hard. A little bit too early and you've made it very soft. You have to have your foot on the pedal watching them daily. And now, Adrian's at the cold front while I head off to Melbourne and he hasn't got his eyes off those horses. And the last thing is the gate speed. Because if they don't jump, you are asking them a huge task. If they jump, the jockey can have them where they like. And, and they don't have to spend too many pennies. Because, as I said, they are only babies. And Stormboy, we mentioned Dan's hero. He's a different horse altogether, isn't he? Oh, well, look, look, you always, it's hard to re relate to them, but I do, because I try to see traits in the horses I'm training now to ones in the past. I look at programs of how I've been successful in the past, how I can be successful with that person's horse now. Um, and Dan's hero was just a street fighter. And Stormboy's not that different. He'd come out, he'd just push you straight in the guts and then straight under the jaw, and you'd be finished. End of conversation. He, you know, he had gate speed, he had endurance, and he was able to always make sure his head was in front on the post. Uh, and, you know, you look at the lineup, just Google and go back to the Golden Slipper that Dan's Hero won, and it, will, it is astounding the, uh, the stallions that ran behind him. And he was a gelding. We gelded him because he was a bit immature in his knitting. Yes, oh, we can't wait to that Skyline Stakes. Um, we talked about his pedigree. And he actually bought the half relation, I see, by Piero at the Magic Minions for 375000 And people had, I couldn't believe it. They said, oh, he's not like Stormboy. I felt like saying, they've had different fathers. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and you know Dad very well. I know Dad very well. I only saw him the other day. I was up at Coolmore. Yeah, Piero, we talked about. But thanks, Gay Waterhouse. Grabbed those comments earlier this morning. Always tremendous with her time. And a dance hero. Yeah, I have a look at his form now for you. But 33 starts, 10 wins, 8 placings. And different lead-ups to the to the Magic Minions that Stormboy won. Dance hero, when did he debut? He debuted in the Breeders' Plate. Of course, ran third to charge forward. Then after that, he had a trial. Uh, his next start was in late December. He won 1,100-metre race at Rose Hill. And the Magic Millions was his third start. So start three, Chris Munts, of course, $4.80, exhibition of sustained speed. Then he had a trial in March, so the Magic Millions in January. Trial in March, he won. Then he won the Skyline, next, which is next weekend, where Storm Boy will be deep in the red, as we know. So he started $1.40, so Stormboy probably a similar price. Beat Fastnet Rock, if you don't mind. And he console was third. 
So that's the skyline. Then he had a trial after that, which he won late March, and then he went to the slipper and beat charge forward a lingy. I just can't get the full field up. Gay was saying there's a lot of form behind as well that year. Seven into five fifty. Of course, Chris Munts again. And then Glenn Boss rode him in the size, fourteen hundred. He's two seventy. He won by three quarters of a leg, defeating Wager. Fastnet Rock was third. Then he won the Champagne, defeating Wager. Savabile was third. So he did race some stallions, didn't he? Of the future. He's the best stallion in New Zealand, probably with Brazier. Well, he's got the most expensive fee, Savabile. So, yeah, Dance Hero uh, winning the Magic Minion Slipper, Sire, Champagne. And then he actually went on as an older horse and won a few races as well, including a Royal Sovereign Stakes, a Canterbury Stakes, which is now a Group 1. It was a Group 2 back then. He defeated Falkirk. Uh, then he won a Missile, defeating Snippetson, uh, placed in a premiere behind Shania Dane. So just a, just a really, really good horse. Um, and uh, so he won 3.9 million. You wonder what that would equate to now from those 10 race wins. I'm just going to try and find how much he cost as a yearling, uh, Dance Hero. I think it was a couple of hundred grand. I'm just going to see if we can find that information for you now. No, just can't find it. But anyway, that's for some reason, it's about 300 sticks in my head, but I might be <laughs> totally wrong.